Hey guys, welcome back to Couple Goals with SM. Hello. Hello. How are you? Fine. You look great. It's because you wanted to record today. Yeah. <coughs> or film, I should say, not record. Yeah, we always record. So what's new? Nothing. Just we should, we're gonna ignore current events. I'm fine with that. We can ignore current events. Yeah, I don't want to discuss current, current events. events bad. I mean, it's St. Patrick's Day, and we're not wearing green. Yeah, I mean, I'm wearing your shirt. I have green on my shirt, or it's a have, dress actually. I have green right here. This little bit of green pus from the eyeball. Do you have your? Oh, you don't have the Mad Ball out. You no, know. you have that Mad Ball. Yes, she's wearing a Mad Ball shirt. Yes, that you can't see because this is a podcast. That's right. But I do have green right here though. We're Sean and Maggie Isley. You'd think we'd be out. <laughs> right? Sound Irish as fuck. Logan is working today, and right before he left, he said, you know, he, the sayings, let's get that bread. Wait, and he works in a deli. And he works in a deli. So that's why he's working today. And he said, let's get that rye bread. And I laughed. Yeah. I was in bed. He didn't even know I was up when I heard him say it. And it was, it was funny. He's got the good jokes. He's got the jokes. He's a smarty pants. Witty, witty pants man. So you want to do some housekeeping? Yeah, housekeeping. Here comes no, no dick falls off jokes. I don't, ha I don't have any dick stuff this week. Oh, Sorry. Dick. No, it's fine. It's definitely fine. No, no dick stuff. You normally have, you normally have all kinds of news. Right. With like penis enlargements gone wrong. <laughs> I like to stay on top of the penis news. All right. Well. You never know what's going to come up. Wordplay. <laughs> no, I got it. <laughs> I was waiting for a reaction. I see what you did there. <laughs> All right, so. What's with your dog? Let's just, uh, let's get housekeeping out of the way. Okay. I guess I'll start. Yeah, housekeeping is <laughs> your segment. Oh, okay. All right, so you can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on our own website, Couple Goals Podcast. We have a Patreon where you can support us for a dollar a month or don't that's fine too keep listening yeah. enjoy the show support us or don't it, i mean whatever if you um, want it, you want to be a freeloader it's fine but we have uh cost us money <laughs> you're all, but you're like a fucking you're like a mob enforcer with the patreon no, I'm like, shit i have like npr like pull over right now or we're going off the air in 10 seconds <laughs> right. that's me this is it this episode might cut out in the middle we don't even right. know we have no control over what's happening right I'm, now i'm like npr it's like well if you don't donate right now it's just gonna go i don't know what to tell you npr is like if you don't donate right now we're gonna kill garrison keeler who i think is already dead by this point i'm pretty sure he's dead by now i don't listen you don't to get that. that joke i don't listen to the actual radio i mean yeah. i guess i technically do because i have it but it's only until I plug my phone in, do it I? It would be now. It'd be like, I, I regret so I plug phones in, apparently, if you're watching on video. So the plan, we're, we're filming this. And the plan is, if you are a Patreon donor, I guess this is part of housekeeping. Yeah. If you're a Patreon donor, you can watch the full episode. Yes. Like, we're filming it start to finish. It's all going up on as Patreon. As long as nothing goes wrong. As long as I don't delete it. <laughs> Hopefully I put a card in. No, I did put a card in. Um, as long as I don't do something terribly wrong, everything will be up on Patreon. YouTube will have clips. Okay. So I'm going to pull clips out from this and throw them up on YouTube. However, if you are a, an 
and a Patreon donor at $5 or more, you will see the full video or you can see. I mean, you don't have to watch it. I don't really care if you watch it or not, but right. it's available. It'll be there. Come on, Crowley. Just get up here. Assuming that Patreon <laughs> lets me put up videos that long. Can you take this one? I don't actually know if they let me right. do You're videos clear to lay that down. long. I see him. You're clear to lay down. Just lay down. So he's I over there now. I see him. Just lay down. For the love of God. Come on. Get your head off the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Crowley, come on now. It's uh, <laughs> filming with dogs is something else. Yeah. All right. So what was else? What else was I going to talk about? I don't, know, I don't have a news story. I don't think I have anything. So why don't you go first? Oh, I have a really long one. You don't want to continue your Ninja Turtles? No, we'll save that as the palate cleanser after whatever disturbing, gross stuff you have for us. I did. I did whatever. warn. Hopefully I can dig us out of whatever dark hole you throw us in. Who wants to have their day ruined? <laughs> Not me. Well, then you shouldn't be Why doing a podcast so with me. so active today? Because you waited until late afternoon to do your research. Mm. So it took you this long. Hi. Hi, puppers. We have really active dogs today. So if you are watching on Patreon. Can you see the light's so bright in my face? I can't tell. what I can see Sam and you can't see Crowley because he just curled up by my legs. But we have a ring light. So because, you know. I'm such a beauty guru. <laughs> no, I'm not. So I have we have a ring light. So that way we look beautiful. And Sean is blinded by it because yeah, it's bright. Earlier, he told me that the framing was so off center, which it, it kind of is to a point, but it's not like the worst it could be. But he told me that I didn't even have all four cubes from the thing behind us. In, yeah, and I, I do. Tell. I mean, if you I, I think it's because my head's in the way is the main reason. Well, no, it's the light. It's the light. Yeah, you can't look at it. So yeah. it's right. not that we don't know how to make eye contact with the camera. It's <laughs> right, that we we're blind. Yeah. So anyway, my topic, I'm just going to get into it and then stop looking at my iPad. Trying to get a preview. I'm just going to get okay. into it. I'm and fucking then... blind. I can't see. I can't. It just looks like a white screen from here. Uh, oh, I'm just going to get into it. And then you guys will quickly know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you're not from Cleveland, you may not quickly know what I'm talking about. But oh, I have two guesses already. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably right. It's one of those two things. I it is. It's one it. of those two things. I guarantee yeah. it. <laughs> I, I, you're right. And as soon as I get started, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, it's definitely one of these two things. Is it Anthony Soul? It is not. It's the other one. Is it the kidnapping? Yep. Okay. In 2002, Ariel Castro offered 21-year-old Michelle Knight a ride. Knight, who was one of Castro's daughter's friends, accepted. After Castro convinced Knight to come inside his house, he proceeded to rape her. Knight would be Castro's captive for the next 11 years. Your stories. <laughs> like, uh. In 2003, Castro offered a ride to Amanda Berry. She was then 16 and he offered to drive her home from her job at Burger King. Like Knight, Berry knew Castro's children and she got into his car. She was also kidnapped, assaulted and held captive. Castro repeated the same scenario in 2004 with then 14-year-old Gina DeJesus, 
who is a close friend of his daughter, Arlene. So who, who was Ariel Castro? And what the fuck brought him to that point in his life? I used to drive past his house all the time when I worked in Cleveland. I had no idea. Right. Uh, nobody did, obviously. I wasn't the only one. Well, nobody has any idea what's going on inside no. of any house. Right. Right? Like, yeah. I'm sure our neighbors think all kinds of crazy things are going on inside our house because we don't even change out our lights on our garage. They're still green from Christmas <laughs> 10 <laughs> from years Christmas, ago. Yeah, from Christmas like eight years ago. Like, so, Ariel Castro was born on June 11th, 1960 in Puerto Rico. When he was a child, his parents divorced. And shortly after the divorce, Castro moved to the mainland, which obviously is here like yeah. the U.S., with his father, or I'm sorry, his mother and his three siblings. His family settled in Pennsylvania and then later moved to Cleveland, Ohio, where Castro's father and so several of his extended family members were living. He then met his future girlfriend, Grimilda Figueroa. <laughs> Grimilda? Hey, man. I think that was a My villain. My name's in Margaret. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that was a villain in Banjo-Kazooie. Grimilda the Witch. No, Gruntilda. I'm sorry. Almost. Well, we're known <laughs> for not getting names right. So when I start calling her Gruntilda. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> well, what did we call that guy? We called him like Shitlinger. Yeah, it was, it was literally it was like terrible. Shitcock licker. It was, yeah. It was bad. We called that poor dude by the wrong name. And it turned out he wasn't even the bad guy in that story. Right. So anyway, so. So Castro meets his future girlfriend. We're going to call her Figueroa. Just, just I like Gruntilda. No. When his family moved into the house across the street from hers in the 1980s, they lived with both sets of their parents, but eventually moved into their own home at 2207 Seymour Avenue in 1992. So about this house. It's 1,400 square feet, two stories, four bedroom, one bath, with a 760 square foot unfinished basement. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Built in 1890. Because that's like, it's like old Cleveland. Right. Okay. So it's built in 1890, remodeled in 1956. And according to Figueroa's sister, Car her name's Alita Caraballo, when the couple moved into their new home, all hell broke loose, quote unquote. Caraballo and her husband, Frank, claimed that Castro beat Figueroa, breaking her nose, ribs and arms and causing a blood clot to form in her brain, which eventually resulted in an operable brain tumor. Jesus Christ. He threw her down a flight of stairs, cracked her skull. And in 1993, Castro was arrested for domestic violence, but was not indicted by a grand jury. Why? Because this is Cleveland. There's an entire serial season about Cleveland. No, thanks. And our miscarriages of justice, if you really want to listen. No, I just wanted okay. to know why in this particular case you could throw a woman down a flight of stairs. We don't have any stairs, so don't try it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Jesus Christ. <laughs> We're like 18 years in. <laughs> and don't get now, any is, ideas. Is this when domestic violence starts? Maybe. So Figueroa moved out of the house in 1996 and secured custody of her four children. There's so many children in the stories. I didn't mention this, but Castro was one of nine children. Hmm. There's so many children in the story. Police assisted in the move and detained Castro, but did not pursue any charges. That's astounding to me how you can actually detain somebody and be like, 
oh yeah, you're a garbage person and we'll, we're going to detain you while we move out your girlfriend. Right. But you're not actually in any trouble. No. That's insane. In Brunswick, where we live, in case anyone wants to triangulate our position and come to our house. Um, <laughs> that's not that's, an invite. <laughs> that's not an invite. We don't answer the door. To anyone, even so, people we like. Yeah, literally nobody come here. <laughs> we don't like you. So unless you're a Patreon donor in that case, you still can't come here. Stop by. No, don't do that. You still can't come here, but thanks for watching. So what was I saying? Oh, in Brunswick, like literally, if you look at somebody sideways, people show the cops will show up at your house. Oh, yeah. So but in Cleveland, it's fine. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So he detained. They don't they don't pursue any charges and. Do we tell a story about how the cop showed up here? Oh, you want to hear a story real quick? Yeah, I don't know if we told it or not, but we got... We didn't. Not on here. Inadvertent, like... Oh, <sighs> okay, so... So, Logan... We don't need to go into all the details, but basically... Uh, a cop heard well, from no. somebody... Somebody's car got hit in a parking lot where, where we pick up Logan after work. Somebody said they think that maybe they actually no. the this yeah, way it worked was, was way, somebody said way, it was somebody coming story. out of where logan works and then the, so the cop he was an awesome he's an amazing detective he was just right up there with batman and sherlock he was going it was in a little plaza he went from store to store and there was a clerk who was friends with logan at a different store and he was asking her if she knew anybody that worked over there and she's like oh yeah i knew, I knew logan so he put it together that whoever was picking up Logan must have hit this car based on the hearsay of two different people who had nothing to do with each other. Yeah, because you had the chick from outside the pizza place who who saw it happen. And then because of what she said, he investigated and determined that he had a name. That must be who it is. Nobody else could possibly work where Logan does. So it had to be us. So he showed up at our fucking house to question us. And of course, and I, you were here. You answered the door. I came home so, in the middle of it. Okay, so to retell what Sean just told. Why? No, just to give more detail. This plaza only has like four stores in it. The ones, the person who got hit, I actually know. Like I'm friendly with her. So if so, if I had hit her car, I'd have been like, holy shit. You would have, well, you would have had no idea. You don't know what her car is, do you? No, but if I hit somebody's car in that plaza, there's yeah, only four stores what I'm in that plaza. Is, Anyway, the, okay, so these are all irrelevant details. Okay, but so there's like four stores in the plaza, right? So Logan works in one. I know the owner of the other. The one is drug marked, and the other is a pizza place. So the pizza delivery chick sees somebody hit Kelly, the crepe owner's car, and is like, "Hey, somebody who works at the deli, like they, you know, they that person hit the car." And the cop this is, is like, this is the cop is the like, okay. Cop's like, okay, it goes to Drug Martin is like, hey, girl, hey, teenage girl, do you know right. anybody who works at the deli? And she's like, I know Logan Isley. And Logan, so she showed the cop shows up and I answer the door and Mason. No, I'm sorry. Mason answers the door. And I thought it was going to be Sean because it was the exact time that Sean gets off work and comes yep. home. And he always comes in through the front door. And I thought the front door was locked. So I'm like, Mason, open the door. Why is the front door locked? We leave we leave it unlocked for Sean at this exact time. Like, we literally unlock the door right when he gets home. And Mason opens the door and there's a cop standing there. And we never deal with, like, we never see any cops. So Mason's like, whoa. <laughs> and I'm like, who is it? He's like, it's a cop. 
and he like starts backing up from the door because he's like, what are what's he doing here? And our dogs are going crazy. So I go outside and he's like, he's like, are you Logan Isley's mother? And I'm like, and Logan's at work. I'm like, is he okay? And he's like, he wasn't at work. He was at he was at the rec center. He was at he was at set crew. That's what he was. He was at set crew. So he's at Brunswick High School. And I'm like, is he okay? And he's like, are you Logan Isley's mother, Logan Isley, who works at Old World Deli? And I'm like, yes. Is he okay? Right. Like this he's fucker, like, this fucking And he doesn't dick. answer me. And he's like, well, there's been an incident. And I'm like, is he safe? Is he hurt? This is how this fucker shows up to talk to us with no actual evidence or real information other than one person who saw it happen. He has one actual witness. And... At- the and car that did it doesn't match our car. Doesn't match our description of our vehicle, any, either of our vehicles. Doesn't match either of and the he vehicles kept, we and, have. And I pull up and during this, and I come over, and he kept trying to, to be threatening, like, well, you know, we, we can we'll pull, pull, ta- this, we'll we'll pull, pull the security tape. camera. So I said to him, I was like, you should pull the security right, camera. because it's not us. Because it wasn't us. I just wanted to get him the fuck out of there. <sighs> I hate. I have an issue with, with cops anyway. They, they hate me. They always have. And, and like, this is why I hate them, because of shit like this. You, you're going to show up at somebody's house and accuse them of something based so on nothing. Then he's like, he's like, oh, he's like, sorry, ma'am, I didn't mean to I didn't mean to scare you. Yeah, Logan's fine. I'm like, well, he's not here. He's like, oh, that wasn't him who answered the door. I'm like, no, that's my other son. I was like, Logan is at set crew. Right. He was just he was all he thought he had cracked the case. <sighs> yeah. With his shit detective work. And it turns out it's some other other kid who works there's mom who also drives a Jeep, but a totally different color Jeep. I drive a Jeep. And it was like, he's like, well, it's a dark colored Jeep with a middle aged woman driving. And I was like, "Okay, well, I don't own a dark colored Jeep, so it's not me. And also the day the incident happened, Logan wasn't even at fucking work that day. He wasn't at work. Like, it it was just (laughs) like and I called him the second he left. And because Logan texted us back and was like, yeah, I didn't work that day. Yeah, because I couldn't remember if I I was like, bro. Not only do I not have the car you're looking for. Right. But we Logan wasn't at work. That's why I was, I was like, like, go, go pull the footage. I was like, go talk to the Zarzors and find out who worked. That right. would have been step one. Yeah. And then Logan's like, oh, yeah, the girl who works at Drug Mart told you don't me. I have to name all these people. I was, see, I was trying to like not name anyone <laughs> when I told the story. <laughs> but you're just naming all these people that no, might not no, want their name out listens. there. What do you mean? Nobody listens. Everybody listens. Nobody in Brunswick listens. Okay. <laughs> That's like the majority of our of our listens are in Ohio. No, they're not. Yeah. They're in California. No. Uh, for like two months, they were in California. And it was next was Ohio. So we're, Ohio's back up there. Oh, uh, okay. Well, so, well, if you're the chick in Drug Mart naming my son, don't name him the cops. I don't appreciate <laughs> she it. She apologized to him later. Yeah. She's like, I shouldn't have done that. Because all she was doing, you know, you try to cooperate when you see police. They can be intimidating, obviously. Well, you try to cooperate. But here's the thing with the small town police. And small police. Oh, he was the dude was like my height. Here's the thing with small town police, though. They don't have anything going on. No, they don't. So I just I can't believe you would have the audacity to show up at someone's house based on that. You show up at someone's house. Like if you showed up based on security footage, we, we have your license plate hitting this car. That's a completely different story. You know, that then I why I would get you it. show up at my house? Why wouldn't you go to Old World Deli and be like, hey, can I have a list of people who work that night? Right. That's the and most then, obvious step. And then you pull the license plates of the people who work. 
And if it's a minor, then you find out who their parents are, and then you pull well, you their just license the, If there's plates. security footage, just go to that. That's like the easiest thing. I don't think thing. there is. You don't think there's security? I don't I think. Don't. I never noticed security cameras I've back there. I've never seen security cameras yeah. back there, and it's not even well lit. And if yeah. it was nighttime, you certainly aren't going to be able to tell that. Yeah. So anyway, back to, back to what I was saying. So yeah, they, they uh, detain Castro, but they're like, oh, but you're not in any trouble. Meanwhile, I get in trouble for some <laughs> other lady right. who hit a car when she was picking up her son. Right. And I am an innocent bystander and I get the third degree. And the cop shows up and freaks you out and makes you think something's wrong. I get the third degree about something that I wasn't even like I was at a dinner with a friend that night and I got the third degree about that shit. Right. But it's fine. It's fine, Brunswick police. Dicks. So, what was I saying? <laughs> oh, a 2005 filing by Figueroa in Cuyahoga County. And that's how you say that's how you say it, by the way. All the people outside of Northeast Ohio who have attempted to tell the story and have done it terribly wrong. I've heard it on other podcasts. Oh yeah, it's Cuyahoga. What do they say? Cuyahoga or. Oh. Ki Ki I grew up here, so I, it's, it's always been pronounced that it's way. I didn't know there was. People say it didn't wrong. Occur to me all the time. Cuyahoga County, Cuyahoga County Domestic Relations Court accused Castro of inflicting multiple severe injuries on her and frequently abducting her daughters. Hmm. He sounds like this is a pattern for him. Yeah. But I mean, there's a bigger issue there, right? I mean. There's not the resources to watch everybody who has a pattern. And so anyway, temporary a temporary restraining order against Castro was granted, but dismissed a few months later. And Figueroa died in 2012 due to complications from the brain tumor. Jesus Christ. Before his it's arrest. Like it, murder. Hmm? It's like murder. Yep. It took a while. It, it's like prolonged murder. Before his arrest at age 52. This is going to infuriate you a lot. You ready? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Castro worked as a bus driver for Cleveland Metropolitan School District until he was fired for bad judgment, including making making an illegal U-turn with children on the bus, using his bus to go to the grocery store and leaving children on the bus while he went for lunch Jesus. and leaving his bus unattended while he took a nap in his home. And he was er earning eighteen ninety one per hour at the time of his discharge. Wow. That, that part I knew was going to piss you off. <laughs> So, All of that. Everything about this guy pisses me off. That he, How can you get away with so much stuff? Yeah, for but so long. Some people get locked up because they sell some weed to somebody. Right. They get locked the fuck up. Right. Stuff that's literally legal in other states. Right. Get them locked up here for an extended period of time. Yeah. So let's talk about the victims. Who are not victims, who don't want to be known as victims. So I shouldn't say that. Let's talk about survivors. Okay. Michelle Knight. She's born April 23rd, 1981, so she's a little older than I am. Disappeared August 23rd, 2002, so right after Logan was born. Yeah. And she also has a son. Yeah. After leaving, so she disappears after leaving her cousin's house. She was 21 years old. She's the first of Castro's victims, as I mentioned earlier, and on the day of her disappearance, she was scheduled to appear in court for a child custody case involving her son. Her son was the product of a gang rape. Jesus Christ. 
So your stories, her, her son. I just was, want to talk about Ninja Turtles. Her son was in the custody. Well, I asked you to go first. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, I was trying to be a palate cleanser for all the people that are on the cusp of suicide by the time you're done. You told me to tell more stories about my time. I know you got to keep your audience. Apparently people, this is a fun, happy time hour for these. Some people. Kimmy Schmidt is based on this. Kimmy Schmidt's very funny. Makes light of this stuff. This isn't funny. So, no. <laughs> Following Knight's rescue, police acknowledged that limited resources were spent on investigating her disappearance, in part because she was an adult. Knight was believed to have run away voluntarily due to anger over losing custody of her son. Oh. According to Cleveland Deputy of Police Ed Tuma, she was the focus of very few tips. Removing Her removal from the National Crime Information Center database 15 months after her disappearance has been criticized. Cleveland police and FBI maintain that her inclusion or exclusion had no bearing on her rescue. Amanda Marie Berry, born April 22nd. Wait, their birthdays are only a day apart. Um, 1986 disappeared on April 21st, 2003, the day before her 17th birthday. She was last heard from when she called her sister to tell her she was getting a ride home from her job at Burger King at West 110th and Lorraine. FBI initially considered Barry to be a runaway until a week after her disappearance when an unidentified male used her cell phone to call her mother saying, I have Amanda. She's fine and will be coming home in a couple days. Wow. That's terrifying. They couldn't track her cell phone? It was 2003. Still it was be, flip phone days. I don't know. You should still know where it pings from with the towers, I would think. I feel like it would ping from right there. Seymour is right by. Hmm. Or maybe he went back to Burger King to do it. Georgina, also known as Gina, Linda Jesus, born February 13th, 1990, went missing at age 14. Wow. She was last seen at a payphone around 3 p.m. on April 2nd, 2004. On the way home from her middle school at West 105th and Lorraine. De Jesus and her friend, Castro's daughter Arlene, wow. had called Figueroa for permission to have a sleepover at De Jesus's house. Figueroa replied that they could not, and the two girls had parted ways. Arlene was the last person to see De, Je to, to see De Jesus before her disappearance. De Jesus was taken under the impression that she was being dropped off. She trusted Castro because she was friends with his daughter. Right. Because no one witnessed De Jesus', De Jesus abduction, an Amber Alert was not issued. She's a kid. This angered De Jesus' father. He said in 2006, Amber Alert should work for any missing child, whether it's abduction or runaway. A child needs to be found. Right. We need to change this law. Seriously. Seriously. It's a minor. I didn't know it worked that way. Yeah. Wow. That's fucked. That's very fucked. I like, and this hits real close to home. Yeah. You know what I mean? Barry was featured in a 2004 segment of Fox's America's Most Wanted, which re-aired in 05 and 06, which linked Gina De Jesus, who at that point was had also gone missing. You know, they were both gone. Yeah. And Barry and DeJesus were profiled on the Oprah Winfrey show and Montel Williams, 
where in 2004, self-proclaimed psychic Sylvia Brown, remember her? Uh, vaguely. She told Barry's mother, Luana Will uh, Miller, that her daughter had gone missing and was dead in the water. Oh, okay. Yeah. The, the psychics, they know, they know their shit. The pronouncement devastated... All they do is fucking just gather information that's likely, you know, uh -huh. how these things usually end. Uh-huh. That's all they do. And then they spit something out. And then I, sometimes they're right, I bet. You know, yeah. sometimes they are right. But they're not psychic because it's not a real thing. If, well, you're, imagine, if you're listening and you believe in psychics, you should stop because that's dumb. Well, and you could believe in your intuition, right? Like, that's one thing. But those are things that are like usually happen. That's what your intuition is. It's going with your gut. Yeah. You can't that's trust somebody. Who claim, if somebody claims they're psychic, though, that, that's... This pronouncement devastated her mother, as you can imagine. Yeah. Causing her to take down all the pictures of oh her daughter, God. give away Amanda's computer, and, you know. Miller did, however, continue to search for Barry because she does want that closure. Right. Until her death from heart failure in 2006. She died thinking her daughter was dead. Wow. The disappearances received regular media attention over the years, continuing until 2012. When, you know, while the, the families continued to hold public vigils, Castro attended at least two of these vigils, wow. reportedly participating in the search parties and attempting to get close to the DeJesus fam family. Wow. Police kept an active investigation opening, offering $25,000 in reward for information. And after Barry was found alive in 2013, Brown received criticism for her false declaration that she had died. Good. You know, nothing actually came of it. Well, no, she probably still is. She was just like, whoopsies. Probably still ripping people off. She's like, psychic abilities can't be trusted. Nobody's perfect. Right. Nobody's perfect. It's just energy. So life in captivity was not like Kimmy Schmidt. Really? <laughs> Turns out John Hamm and Ariel Castro were not similar. After Knight's kidnapping, Castro took her upstairs, tied her hands and feet together, and pulled her up using her hands, feet, and neck. Which one was this? Um, this is the 21-year-old. What's her name? Amanda Knight. Oh. Or it was at the time. Amanda Barry? Michelle Knight? Michelle Knight. Dear God. <laughs> well, Michelle Knight has since changed her name. But yes, Michelle Knight. Um, so Michelle Knight and she lives. Well, I'll tell you about Michelle Knight later. Everybody's alive and well, which is nice. You know, spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler alert. Everybody's doing great. I remember when you spoiled the Matrix for the kids. They're still upset about that. They bring it up like regularly. Yeah, you shouldn't have done that. This is not a spoiler household. It had been out for like 15 years. They weren't even alive when the first one came out. Well. And they weren't capable of comprehending the other not, ones when they came that's out. That's not, that's not my fault. I mean, it kind of is actually. <laughs> that's pretty is, much your fault. That is kind of my fault. <laughs> anyway, so he pulls her up and he left her there for three days without food. Prosecutors at Castro sentencing wrote that diaries kept by the women speak of forced sexual conduct, of being locked in a dark room, 
anticipating the next session of abuse, of the dreams of someday escaping and being reunited with the fam their family, of being chained to a wall, of being held like a prisoner of war, of missing the lives they once enjoyed, of emotional abuse, of his threats to kill, of being treated like an animal, of continued abuse, and of desiring freedom. The women were kept in locked upstairs bedrooms where they were forced to use plastic toilets that were emptied infrequently. And they were fed one meal a day and allowed to shower twice a week. Knight told police that Castro had impregnated her at least five times and had induced miscarriages each time through beatings, hitting with dumbbells, punching, and slamming her in, into walls. Jesus Star Christ. Starvation was also included. This is De terrible. De Jesus told law enforcement that she was raped, but she did not believe she was ever impregnated. In December 2006, Castro allegedly ordered Knight to assist in the birth of Amanda Berry's child, which took place in a small inflatable swimming pool. This is what that Brie Larson movie is based on. And threatened to kill Knight if the baby did not survive. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. It's called like Room or something. I think she got an Oscar or something for it. Huh. Um, but she, it's it's about like she she's being held i haven't seen it but from what i understand she's being held captive and and has a child while and she's trying to raise this little boy in captivity as best she can kind of thing i don't want to see it <laughs> no desire to see it at one point the baby stopped breathing and knight was able to resuscitate her castor occasionally took the child out of the house including to visit his mother the girl called castro daddy and castro's mother's grandmother in 2013, he showed off his he showed one of his adult daughters a picture of the child and said that she was one of his girlfriend's daughters from a previous relationship. He had told others who saw the daughter or saw the child that she was his granddaughter. According to a statement from the Cleveland police, officers visited Castro's home only once following the kidnappings to discuss an unrelated incident. Castro did not appear to be home at the time and was later interviewed elsewhere. Although neighbors claimed to have called the police about suspicious activities observed at the home, police said that they have no record of any such calls. Hmm. Castro's son, Anthony, reported that there were certain areas of the house that were inaccessible due to being locked. He also mentioned an occasion where three weeks before the women's escape, Castro asked if Barry would ever be found anthony said told castro that barry was likely dead to which castro responded really you think so wow on may 6 2013 barry was finally able to make contact with castro's neighbors leading to her escape with her six-year-old daughter the rescue of de jesus and knights by authorities according to police when castro left the house oh sorry my thing just acted weird um, oh, with her six-year-old daughter and the rescue of De Jesus and, and Knight by authorities. According to police, when Castro left the house that day, Barry realized that he had failed to lock the home's big inside door, quote-unquote. Yeah. Although the exterior storm door was bolted, she did not attempt to break through the outer door because she thought Castro was testing her. Previously, Castro had tested the women by leaving the house partially unlocked, but exit still unsecured. If they attempted to escape, he beat them. Wow. Instead, Barry just screamed for help when she saw the neighbors through the screen. Wow. 
neighbor Charles Ramsey. No, that's his name. No. Oh. <laughs> but eventually, oh. yeah. <laughs> Angela, Angel, Angel. Sorry. Cordero responded to the screaming, but was unable to communicate with Barry because he he spoke very little English. Another neighbor, Charles Ramsey. Yes. Joined Cordero at the house's front door during the rescue. Also known as the guy from the video, Kimmy Schmidt. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. A hole was kicked through the bottom of the storm door and Barry caught, crawled through carrying her daughter. Ramsey said said Barry told him that she and her child were being kept inside the house against their will upon being freed. She went to the house of another Spanish speaking neighbor and called 911 saying, help me. I've been kidnapped and I've been missing for 10 years. I'm here. I'm, I'm here. I'm free now. That's crazy. <laughs> Can you imagine being like the dispatcher, the operator getting that call? <laughs> no, you would know because like I, I feel like they're. You know, they're trained to be like dispassionate and emotionless when right. you deal with people. Right. And stuff. You're trained to be like, calm and, and down, typically man. it's calm more down. like, calm down, ma'am. Yeah. Tell me exactly what's going on. Right. Where are you? Like, that's how they're trained to behave. And most people in Cleveland were aware of this story. And obviously people that were for it the was, police. Yeah, it was. It was everywhere. Yeah. Like it was all over. Responding police officers entered Castro's house as they walked as they walked through the upstairs hallway with guns drawn. They announced themselves as Cleveland police. After peeking out from a slightly open bedroom door, Knight entered the hallway and leapt into the, the officer's arms, repeating, you saved me. Soon afterwards, De Jesus entered a hall, entered the hallway from another room. Knight and De Jesus walked out of the home and all three women, plus the child, were taken to Metro Health Medical Center. Right Barry, down the street. Yeah. Like right down the street. Yeah. Barry and DeJesus were released from the hospital the next day, and Knight was discharged four days later on May 10th. Knight, Michelle Knight, was the most badly beaten out of everybody. She was deaf in one ear. Holy she shit. She needed some facial reconstruction. She was, he had beat her senseless. Castro was arrested on May 6th. So, I mean, the date happened. He was arrested immediately. <laughs> he was charged with four counts of kidnapping. Did they say where, like, did they track him or did they just wait for him to come home? I don't. It didn't uh, I was say. always curious about that because I, I always knew he, he was, was out. He was like immediately. Everything I read said he was arrested immediately. So, they, they, so like, I'm somebody guessing knew he where was he like, was. yeah, I'm guessing he was like literally at the Popeye's at the corner. Or yeah, like, somebody in the neighborhood was like, oh, I just saw him over there. Right. <laughs> he was like, he was like, what's happening right here? But and this isn't in here, but he knew he was going to be caught. Yeah. And there are documents like in his house where he had a suicide letter written out saying, when I am caught, please give the please give the, the women all of my belongings. I apologize. Like he. He acted sore. Wait until I tell you about the trial. But he and it's not in here because I didn't want it to make it seem like he was a good guy because he wasn't. Yeah. But he he's, knew he wasn't. Yeah. Not fooling anybody. So he was charged with four counts of kidnapping and three counts of rape on May 8th, which carried prison sentences of 10 years to life in Ohio. Two of Castro's brothers were initially taken into custody. Well, but the amount of rapings and the amount of time of the kidnapping factor in. Okay. This is initially. Okay. This is when they're like, we don't really know what you've done, but this is enough to hold you. Gotcha. It's that kind of reaction. Okay. 
So, and initially, and I remember this, his brothers were taken into custody too. And I yeah. was like, everybody knew what was happening. Right. Like all y'all were all <laughs> like what? But they were released because they didn't know. They had no clue what right. was going on. Kessler made his first court appearance in the Cleveland Municipal Court on May 9th, where bail was set at $2 million per kidnapping charge. So it was at $8 million. And, and, you know, the dude had like... I thought it was only three kidnapping charges, but okay. Now they count the baby, too. Oh, I don't know. Anyway. Adding the, to a total of $8 million is what it says. Okay. Um, additional charges were reported to be pending, including aggravated murder for intentional induction of miscarriages, attempted murder, assault, and an additional charge for each instance of rape, and a kidnapping charge for each each cap each day the captive was held. Oh, good. On May 14th, Castro's attorney said he would plead not guilty to all charges <gasps> if indicted for kidnapping and rape. On July 12th, a Cuyahoga County grand jury returned a true bill of indictment for the remainder of the period for February of of 2007. It brought it to a total of 977 counts, hmm. 512 counts of kidnapping, 446 counts of rape, seven counts of gross sexual imposition, six of felonious assault, three counts of child endangerment, two of aggravated murder, and one of possession of criminal tools, which what's that <laughs> like a gun like a what is that? Who knows? So Castro pled guilty. On July 26th, to 937 of the 977 counts against him. He's like, those other 40, it wasn't me. He's like, <laughs> like he's like, I'll what take, are, I'll take 900 like, of them. He's like, what are criminal tools? No, I didn't do that. <laughs> he's like, I don't think so. He's like, I don't think I had criminal tools. He's like, also, she liked it 40 of those times. Ugh. Wait till I read you his statement. Oh, God. <laughs> so, St. Patrick's Day, man. Come on. I don't think he was Irish. He's from <laughs> I'm Puerto black Rico. Irish. He's from Puerto Rico. He's not Irish. No, I'm saying today is St. Patrick's Day. Why are you trying to make it a bad day? Carry on. It's the Lord's Day. It's Sunday. It's not the Lord's Day. Have you read the Bible? Oh, yesterday was the Lord's Day. Yeah. <laughs> like, Just kidding. People get the Bible wrong. The majority of people. I went to Catholic it. school. We always got the Bible wrong. Yeah, that was that's our thing. that was our thing. <laughs> so anyway. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. So he didn't do those 40 things, he said. Um, as part of his plea deal, plea bargain, which called for consecutive life sentences in prison plus a thousand years without parole, he forfeited his right to appeal. He could not profit in any way due to his crimes. And he forfeited all of his assets, including his home, which prosecutors would then demolish. Yes. Which we all know. Well, all of us in Cleveland know. Right. Well, no, it's gone. Um, Castro would was told by Cuyahoga County Common Pleas Court Judge Michael Russo, you will not be getting out. Is that clear? To which hmm. Castro responded, I do understand that, Your Honor. But then Castro made a comment about his, quote, addiction to pornography and, quote, sexual problem, but was then cut off by Judge Russo, who said that such issues could be discussed at the August 1st sentencing hearing. A law firm representing Barry DeJesus and Knight released a statement that, that the three women were... Uh, okay. 
Do we expound on that later? Like, what was he yes, trying to yes, get at exactly? Yes, yes. Okay. Were, quote, relieved by today's plea and that they were satisfied by the resolution to the case and are looking forward to having these legal proceedings draw to a final close in the near future. At the sentencing hearing on August 1st, Castro was sentenced to a consecutive life sentence term in prison plus a thousand years without any possibility plus fined a hundred thousand dollars. Did he have a hundred thousand? Like I don't even understand that. So <laughs> the court forfeited all. I think this that that maybe that helps them seize assets easier. Maybe maybe everything that they are like the maybe everybody doesn't get it. Like anything that they sell, they can get to the victims. Maybe then you only get like thirty three thousand dollars each victim. I don't know. Whatever. The court forfeited all of his property and assets to the Cuyahoga County government. Before his sentencing, Castro addressed the court for nearly 20 minutes. Ready? I guess. Ready as I'll ever be. Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles. Ready? Right, let's go. We're not done. <laughs> we We's not done. In which he said he was a good person and not a monster, <laughs> but that he was addicted to sex and pornography and that he practiced the art of masturbation from a young age. The art. It was an art. He's unique in that way. He's new to this. <laughs> he claimed he... that he had never beaten or tortured women and that he insisted he insisted that most of the sex he had with, with them was consensual. He shifted between an apologetic tone and blaming the FBI for failing to catch him, as well as blaming his victims for getting in the car with a stranger, and <sighs> along with insisting that the court had, along with insisting to the court that when he had had sex with them, he discovered that they were not virgins, uh, which you have literally zero way of telling. He would alternately shift back into apologetic co comments saying, I hope that they find it in their hearts to forgive me because we had a lot of harmony going on in that home. Jesus Christ. The sentencing judge also heard from Knight and family members of Barry and DeJesus. Knight told Castro, you took 11 years of my life away. I spent 11 years in hell. Now your hell is just beginning. I will overcome all that has happened, but you will face hell for eternity. I will live on and you will die a little every day as you as you think of the 11 years of atrocities that you inflicted on us. I can forgive you, but I will never forget. I wouldn't forgive. Right. I wouldn't either. On the evening of September 3rd, 2013, one month into his life sentence, Castro was found hanging with a bedsheet in his detention cell of the Correctional Reception Center in Orient, Ohio. Prison, prison staff informed or performed CPR on Castro before he was taken to the Ohio State University Wexler Center in Columbus, where he was pronounced dead shortly thereafter. The following day, Franklin County Coroner Jan Gorniak announced that the preliminary autopsy found that it was suicide by hanging. On October 10th, 2013, Ohio Department of Rehabilitation and Correction released a, re released a report suggesting that Castro died ac from accidental autoerotic asphyxiation rather than suicide. Mm. Gorniak rejected that possibility, standing by her ruling of suicide. The report also said that two prison guards had falsified logs documenting their observation of Castro hours before he was found dead. Castro was not on suicide watch at the time of his death, but had been subject to routine checks every 30 minutes due to his notoriety. A consultant's report was released on December 3rd and officially concluded that all available 
that all available, sorry, I just skipped ahead. All available um, evidence points to suicide, including the shrine-like arrangement of family pictures and a Bible in Castro's cell. An increasing tone of frustration in his prison journal and the reality of spending the rest of his life in prison with constant harassment. The Highway Patrol also reviewed the case and reached the same conclusion. Hmm. As for the women, Knight told her, Michelle Knight told her story in her first book, Finding Me, in 2014. Barry and DeJesus separately published a book the following year called Hope, a Memoir of Survival in Cleveland. Knight now lives in the country, in the countryside. That's how she describes it. In Ohio. She doesn't identify where she lives. I think she lives in near Columbus. There's a lot of countryside in Ohio. Yeah, I think she lives near Columbus because all of her articles, like everything she does interviews in, come out of Columbus. Yeah, she probably lives down there where, around where Dave Chappelle lives. Right. Yeah. Could be. Um, she's now married and she's changed her name to Lily Rose Lee. She uses Knight still as professionally. Like, that's... Because she's her. known by it. Yeah. yeah. And she published her second book in 2018 titled Life After Darkness. Barry hosts a 30 second daily news segment on Fox 8 News highlighting missing people because she wants like the missing folks to know the public yeah. is still looking for them. And to Jesus, the youngest of the group, she's been quiet and she's enjoying life with her family in the suburbs of Cleveland. <sighs> At least... It didn't end in, uh, you know, it didn't end badly, mm. you know. <laughs> like, it ended with. Unlike your other stories, all of the, it just ended terribly. It ended with the survivors getting on with their lives. Right. I'm not saying that they don't have drama. No, but I mean, I'm, I'm sure they still, have a lot it's, of it's trauma It's better than them through, all but, being dead or, you know. Yeah, and him the only person who's dead is the fucking terrible, terrible person who deserves to be dead, in my opinion. Right. And I'm fine with the fact that he didn't get a death sentence. Yeah. And killed himself. Yeah. Which is a coward's way out, but that's fine. I'd rather he do that than waste right. uh, waste tax, tax money. money. Yeah. All day, every day. Go ahead. Kill Man, yourself. Was, it's fine. Man, I told you it was going to be brutal. Yeah, that was brutal. Yeah. Here in Cleveland, when that story broke, it was fucking, it was, it was nuts everywhere. for like, a, like two weeks ever. That's all anybody talked about what was going on. Yeah. And I had to do homework because... I didn't know about everybody knew about their kidnappings, but like me, because I never watched news. I only knew because I worked at AT and T at the time that um, they were kidnapped. That De Jesus went missing, Gina De Jesus, and I worked with her cousin. Mm. And, oh, okay. And I happened to like that's how I found out about all of it. Yeah. And it was like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, but I mean, most people seem to know about it already, and I, I, I did. I'm, I'm not aware. I like an ostrich head in yeah. the sand all the time. We're I don't not. Know. I we don't watch. I, I try not to know, and thanks to my phone, I know a lot more stuff than I want to know. Yeah, but that wasn't the case back then. All right, so on to part two of my extensive coverage of the creation of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. When I left off. Uh, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird were making $2,000 a month apiece after the surprise success of their comic book. Very exciting stuff. Yes. And so now they were able to work on it full time. Life was going better than they had imagined, I'm sure. I bet. All right. So we're going to fast forward a little bit to 1986. And a man named Mark Friedman had created his own licensing agency after working for a couple different ones after college. Uh, he was looking for his first property to license. 
And he was drawn to specialty gaming stores that specialize in games like uh, Dungeons and Dragons and other role playing games. He had a contact at Palladium Books who made uh, role playing games and he asked what they were working on. He was told they were creating a game based on a property called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Upon hearing the name, he thought, I've got to see what these look like. Right. He went to a comic shop and picked up as many issues as he could, as well as a collected edition of the first issues published by First Comics. Uh, Friedman said, I knew it had every ingredient to be a hit. So now he had to convince Eastman and Laird and then sell it to the rest of the public. So after some trouble locating the pair, he was able to get a meeting with them. Why did he have trouble locating them? Uh, one of them had recently moved. Oh, they weren't together? They didn't live together? Right. It, like, one of them had moved, they like, separate. Because they had, you know, they didn't have to live together anymore. Oh, yeah, because they had income now. They had income, so they, they weren't so they living weren't, together anymore. they like, weren't, playing bosom and, and also, Mirage Studios, it wasn't the same as finding, like, Marvel Comics. You know, it was just a made-up thing for the house they lived in at the time. So it's, it's probably a lot easier to look up, like, a real... I don't know if you... Uh, well... If you this look is up 1980 my, something. If you look up my LLC, you can find me. Yeah, but, but this is, you know, you had a phone book. <laughs> you know, this is yeah, literally 1986. Uh, his enthusiasm for the turtles impressed the two artists. And what are you doing? Nothing. Uh, like, we're on camera. <laughs> you can play on your phone while I talk. It's fucked up. Well, I was going to take a picture, but then I got distracted. Jesus Christ. Uh and then he was brutally murdered and raped and imprisoned. Is there? Is that? Do I have your attention now? Yes. That's what happened. He, Tell it was me more. It was by people in turtle costumes, and they raped him with nunchucks. Is that there? Are you on board? I get it back. <laughs> I get it back. Do I have your attention now? Yes. All right. Anyway, that's my kind of story. <laughs> so, uh, his enthusiasm for the turtles impressed the two artists, and they agreed to a thirty-day limited contract, despite not really knowing what a license licensing agent even was or what they did. So that's why they did the limited agreement. Wait, so all this dude had to do was show up and be like, I like her stuff. And they were like, Feel. well, there's more details to it. I just didn't want to. But basically, because he was starting his own business, he had like one suit. He uh, rented a car because he had a newborn and his wife needed the one car they had. So he gets all dressed up. He he shows up. Eastman and Laird are covered in like paint because they're painting and, and stuff. And what they, are they painting? They paint covers and stuff. Like the, a, lot, a lot of stuff is is painted. Like when you see comic book covers. If you're painting something that's only this big. The art isn't that big. The oh. initial art is like really big. Like comic book art, they draw like the originals are big. They don't draw it this size. It gets shrunk down. How big? I, I, I don't know. I mean, a, a comic book page okay. is probably like this big. People on the podcast can't see that. How, how oh, big? Uh, like, I don't. Uh, that's I don't an 11 know. by 17 is how big you're showing me. Okay. So, but yeah, the, and if you're doing a cover, size? if you're doing a cover, it could be like the size of a poster. Like 24 by 36? Yeah. That's how big it, a poster is. It just, I don't, I'm not a comic book artist. I don't know. You, you, you're getting me on something I don't know about. I didn't investigate, but when I've seen artists drawing, well, they, think of like an artist table. Like they're drawing. Like they're, a drafting table. Yeah. Okay. The artwork they do is, is you know, it's a good size. It's not comic book page size by any means. Oh, okay. It's just like well, I didn't know that. reduce. Yeah. Well, no. Because like when you draw, like when I do stuff, I do it in Illustrator. So that's scalable. So I can yeah. do it as big or as small as I want. And yeah. then you can scale it to well, yeah, whatever now, you want. And a lot of artists do draw digitally now. Uh, but back then that, was, that wasn't an option. Um, so he shows up in his suit. They sit down. And he he was really enthusiastic about it. And they 
they like they appreciated his enthusiasm so they agreed and they that's but they only did 30 day limited just kind of i think it was kind of like testing the waters like okay let's see what you can do for us with in 30 days yeah they give him 30 days well said actually it said uh, it was either 30 or 60 days but yeah they didn't give him much time <laughs> you give so me anyway 30 days to get something done i'm gonna be like you know what shove it up your butt all right, so Friedman decided to pitch to the Turtles to toy companies first, hoping that he could then pitch to animation studios with a figure lying in his pocket already. So first he went to Mattel, who told him it was a ridiculous concept and then turned it down. How did he even get a meeting with Mattel? Well, because and he worked for other licensing meeting. agents. Before. And then have the meeting within 30 days. Yeah, well, because he, he did have contacts from He worked for two other licensing companies like Taft and LIC or something beforehand so he had some contacts in the industry that's so cool he wasn't just starting off 100 percent on his own um uh, he then went to ljn who you might remember made the thundercats figures that's what I'm, i know him from i don't oh i do i that's don't what I know remember that but okay who also shot him down next up was hasbro and they also said no <laughs> this reminds me of the star wars thing from uh the toys toys that made us where lucas is going around pitching star wars and everybody's telling him no yeah, and, they're uh, like, N you're never going to make it. It's, right. like, it's like Kristen <laughs> Wiig's character. Yeah. Dewey Cox. So finally, he ended up pitching to Playmates. Playmates actually made toys for other companies, but they never had their own figure line. You know, that they, they might make toys for Mattel or Hasbro. That's weird because I know them as having their own figure line. Right. That's that's why I know them, too. Uh, where he he found some folks who were excited about the idea of creating these figures based on this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle nonsense. All right. So now Friedman had to figure out how to sell these figures to kids, kids whose parents might balk at the idea of buying their five year old a ninja toy. Apparently that was a concern in the 80s. Uh, my mom wasn't the only one afraid of, of children's toys. Other people were, too. In, in fact, in, in Europe, the Ninja Turtles were called the Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. Can you imagine being afraid of a ninja? <laughs> like, a, no. like having that be an actual fear that you have. Well, thinking that like, you don't want your kids playing with ninja toys. I don't want my kids. Now, it to wasn't play with common, ninjas. obviously. GI Joes were huge. He Man was huge. They used swords and uh, they're ninjas in the the GI Joe mythology. I'd and stuff, be more but. afraid of a GI Joe because it's more like a gun and a warrior, and I don't want my kids to. I genuinely don't want my kids to join the armed forces because they have a better chance of dying there. Yeah, my kids have zero chance of joining a ninja force. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm gonna like, start in a ninja force. Dude, you're 42. You're not starting a ninja force. I'll be like Splinter. I'm old. And it's you're like, a rat? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got a big nose. Um, Long tail? Um, no, I, I don't have that anymore. Um, Had that removed? <laughs> just my front tail. I got my... <laughs> Room my day. Uh, all right. Uh, so... Friedman convinced Playmates to fund a five-episode animated series. This was his plan to introduce the Turtles so that they were kid-friendly, right? Okay. All we had was the comics at this point, which... Which although, were not kid-friendly. They were not kid-friendly, and we're not talking like Spider-Man numbers with these. You know what I mean? Like, they, they right. were popular, but underground popular. And they were not kid-friendly. No. They were, weren't they all like, go fuck your mother? Like, weren't they something like that? <laughs> yeah, they all like? constantly. No, they were just very violent. Yeah. I, well, I knew they weren't kid friendly. I just didn't know what, like, what what made them not kid friendly. All right. So uh, this animation studio, uh, Murakami Wolf Swenson, uh, signed on to produce the series. I'm sorry. What? Uh, Murakami Wolf Swenson. 
is the name of the scene. It's three different people's last names. Fred Wolf became like the point man. So Dick I, Wolf. You can't say Dick Wolf on TV. He's <laughs> probably related to Dick Wolf. Uh, so they had to make some changes from the comics. The tone of the comics was very dark and gritty. So that obviously had to change to make a children's show. Also in the comics. Dark and gritty. There you go. All the turtles wore red bandanas on the covers. They were still black and white at this point. But was it because they only had was it cheaper because they that way you only have to print in three colors or whatever? No, I think it was just that's just how they did it. They just they gave oh. them all red bandanas. Uh, so the in working with the animation studio, they decided to color code the turtles, gave them all each their trademark colors. Mm-hmm. Donatello is. Blue. It, that's not Donatello. Oh. Red. Green? <laughs> Yellow? It's not a green one. Oh, my God. Blue? How do you not know your Ninja Turtles? Purple. Who He's are purple. you? Donatello is purple. Yes. Raphael is... Blue? That's still Leonardo. <laughs> still not Raphael up there. Stop looking at Leonardo. Raphael is what? You know it's not purple and you know it's not blue. You only Red. Got... Red. Correct. He, made, he kept the red color that they had in the comics. And Michelangelo is orange, orange. And that leaves Leonardo, blue. who is blue. So yellow is not a color. There isn't a yellow one. There's no saying. yellow turtle. Oh, I thought you knew your turtles better than this. Oh, my gosh. I don't even always know their names. Do you know who carries what weapons? <laughs> Leonardo no. carries. Wait, which one's that? <laughs> this is leonardo yeah is it yes so who did you ask me <laughs> what does leonardo carry that looks like a sword swords yes <laughs> good god what does michelangelo have he's the Nunchucks. orange one that's right so donatello purple one has scythe no which one which one could get it back you can get it back it's Raphael. oh he can get it back and those carry size <laughs> so donatello carries I have, I have no idea. A staff. A staff. Yeah. A bow duh. staff. Duh. Man. Duh. Man. It should have. should have been like a quiz show segment. Uh, the other way they chose to differentiate them was to put their initials on their belt buckles, which I never liked that. No, but no, that's that's a comic based figure up there. Can you even see it on there? So. Yeah. If you are watching on the video. <laughs> We'll make this a YouTube clip, too, so you can look this it up is, on YouTube. Yeah, this is a good YouTube clip. But this is a this is a really cool Leonardo figure based on. Is he in frame? I'm so blind. I can't yeah, he's in frame. Light. He's in frame. But he is uh, based on the comic book iteration. It's probably my favorite Ninja Turtle figure. One of my all time favorite figures. Anyway. Uh, original design. He's got the tail. They, they cut those off. They cut the tails off because they look like little dicks. Yeah. Little green penises. Easy to confuse. Very right. disgusting. Very upsetting. And a, a little side note. Hard to make hard to convince parents to buy it for their kids. So like, you, you know the Ninja Turtle Turtles, penis. The the Ninja Turtles theme song from this cartoon. Right? Yeah. Do you know yeah, who wrote we have that? No licensing for that? Do you know who wrote that? No. Chuck Lorre wrote that. Do you know who Chuck Lorre is? From the TV. From the TV. He created it, it, he's probably best known for Big Bang Theory. Oh, no. But he created, uh, I think he also created like two, two, two and a half men, maybe. But he's a very successful producer. And yes, no, those aren't good shows or anything, but people enjoy them. They're very popular. Chuck Lorre's doing quite well. He composed. Good for him, though. He I was mean, working in animation at the time, and he composed the theme song in 48 hours. Oh. 
composed and recorded it in, in 48 for hours. Him. And I guess that's his voice doing all the little shout outs in the song. Um, what shout outs? Does that mean? I'm trying to think like uh, when they say, uh, you know, like the guy singing, it'll name somebody and like, uh, it's like, Michelangelo, the party dude or whatever. And then you hear somebody go, give me a break or something like that. That's Chuck Lorre doing all those That's little, really cool. Those little things. I can't think of the lyrics, though. I don't know the lyrics either. Without but... singing the whole song. And I'm not going to sing the whole song. <laughs> so I'm not doing it. I could do it if I sang the whole song. I'm not doing that. Also, right. um, Chuck Lorre, no hard feelings, even though your show is not so much. I don't think he cares. Don't... You don't care about my opinion? I think he's doing just fine, whether we, we, we shit on his shows or not. Um, That's my job as a podcaster. I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not a, I'm not a critic, but I am a podcaster. I do like to shit on things I hate. It is a hobby of mine. It's just fun. It's just, it's just fun. It makes me smile. Like, it's part people of, think it's like negative. It's a bad well, it's thing. Part, but no, it's, fun. it's part of being a podcaster, right? Because you don't have, you don't have any other skills as a podcaster, right? Like, or you wouldn't be a podcaster, right? Like we'd so, be out creating these things for other people to shit on, right? That's why I have other businesses so that I can create and that's why that. I'm writing a book right so I so that people, people can shit, on, shit on it right like I'm I, that's why I'm doing things so that you can shit on but it no. <laughs> so for other should. podcasters to shit on <laughs> I'm creating content for you to shit on all right so uh the series debuted on Monday December 28th of 1987 uh it ran all week on 84 stations twice a day and kids were on winter break so it was excellent scheduling on their part and this was actually where I I discovered the Ninja Turtles. I was at my... You are OG, man. Not really. Was, that's really comic book people, but uh, I guess I was OG for the cartoon. That's what I meant. Oh. You're OG for part two. Oh, okay. Um, but, uh, I was at my grandparents' house where my deadbeat dad lived, and he, he liked cartoons a lot. He liked Looney Tunes cartoons, so that was nice. At least he didn't like like shitty cartoons. Um, right. And he... Could be worse. He told me about the... Sh show called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and I remember just hearing those four words together I, I swear to God every time anybody hears those words like back then I mean now it's it's just pop culture cool everybody words. but you hear those four words together you, you're you're immediately like what what's that like you go into meerkat mode <laughs> what the fuck is a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle I need to know right yeah meerkat Maggie <laughs> meerkat Maggie you just kind of perk up a little bit look around like I don't know what that I don't is I've ever done that on video but I'm immediately intrigued so I watched it and I was like, this is awesome. I love this. This is great. And it was just a five up. And I think I saw like one or two episodes, maybe, you know, dude, do you remember? But I immediately established Leonardo as my favorite because he had swords and he wore blue. And that was all it took for me. <laughs> like swords were my favorite weapon. Blue was my favorite color. I was like, cool. Leo's my favorite. Michelangelo but, was my favorite because what I color does he wear? Orange, because I could remember that. What weapon does he have? Nunchucks. That's right. He was the first Ninja Turtle, too. Technically, then when they first designed Ninja Turtle, he had nunchucks on his arms. On oh. his arms? Yeah, they were kind of like gauntlets. They were weird. They were just like there so he could grab them, you know? He was just standing Ew. there. No, I mean, it's just instead of keeping them in like a belt, it was the first design for a Ninja Turtle. Oh, you mean they weren't just like hanging? No, no, no They were like... They were like just attached. Like, like a that's sheath where they or were. something. Okay, yeah. that makes more sense. Oh, and Yeah. Yeah, in my head, they were just like hanging their like tacky wrist no, 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 bracelet no. things. And I was like, boo. All right, so the, the show proved to be a big hit, unsurprisingly. And Fred Wolf wanted to make more episodes. Eastman and Laird were happy with the success and so had to be convinced to license them for more episodes. They were content because they made probably 
a shit ton of money off of these five episodes. Dude, More I money could, than they could imagine at I that could point. I see that. Right. You know what I mean? But so like, they had to be... Uh, they had to be convinced that to, to do more. That reminds me kind of like of Mike Judge when he was just like, no, I'm good with this for Beavis and Butthead. But also Mike Judge created everything for Beavis and Butthead. So yeah. it's hard to. Well, that's the thing with them, though, too. They This was their creation. And I, I love that they they only licensed the property for the law for a very long time. Yeah. I mean, eventually they, they did sell it off, but they they kept, played it close to the to the vest and, and wanted to do the it, right thing by the property. Like Flight of the Concords. They stopped after the two seasons. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. They were like, now nah, we're good. We're done. All right. So Fred Wolf then needed stations to air the new series. And it, it wasn't uh, they didn't want to do it like right away. They were I think they were still kind of waiting to see how popular this thing was. So he was initially met with rejection uh, until he lowered the proposed budget. The show ran in syndication from 1987 to 1990. And then CBS picked it up despite turning it down initially. Surprise, surprise. Uh, and ran it from 1990 to 1996. So all told, it was on the air for like nine years. It was it's one of the most successful animated I series of all it, time. Like, yeah, until like 96. Yeah, <laughs> I was watching that shit in syndication. So I think it was 10 seasons total. It was on for like nine years, and uh, which back then, and they've talked about this in that show, the uh, the toys that made us. Mm-hmm. If if you could get a property that lasted three years for kids, that was a huge success. Right, because people, the kids were aging out of stuff. Right. So, so if you can get three years out of it, yeah. that was, you were golden. So the fact that this was on for, for nine years is pretty amazing. Uh, Peter Laird would later voice his disdain for the show, which isn't surprising. The show isn't good. I mean, if objectively, it's not a good show. It's it's not one of those cartoons you can right. revisit. I, I can not, revisit it because of nostalgia. Right. Well, but we even were, as a kid, I was like, we we watched it. We watched right, it the first couple watched, episodes and I like stopped what I was doing to watch it. Yeah. And literally I was working. My desk is over here in case. Wait, where's the camera? My desk <laughs> is over to the right. If anybody's curious. And I like came from my desk and laid down on the couch to watch it. Right. Well, it's it's a fun watch as an adult. As an adult. It's, it's like, not as bad okay. as watching He-Man. If you try to watch He-Man now. That doesn't hold up. That's even, that doesn't, because yeah. I think the difference between He-Man and the Ninja Turtles or G.I. Joe and the Ninja Turtles is those were literally people brainstorming to come up with a product they could sell. Yeah. Whereas the Ninja Turtles were created by comic book artists who were passionate about what they were doing and were trying to be creative and just come up with something they enjoyed. Right. Not just something they could market to children. That was clearly wasn't it, their idea, judging by the, the the tone of the comics. It wasn't something they were like, oh, and then we'll sell it to little kids. So yeah. they, they had to change it up greatly. And Peter later, like I said, Peter Laird, you know, later on he would say, but he also acknowledges that it was, it was what was really responsible for introducing the turtles to the world. Mm-hmm. So... It's fantastic. It's I love I love the Ninja Turtles. I really do. The only th- show I can think that's gone on longer off the top of my head would be like Power Rangers. But th- that's not they switched the Power Rangers out like every season. It's like some new thing. And, and at the same time, it doesn't I know it doesn't have the same cultural impact as the Turtles is because it can't because it's fucking terrible. It also started after my generation, I feel like. So I never yeah. really got into the Power Rangers. So yeah. I can't even speak to that. But you can also tell, though, because. I don't know. You just don't see this the same amount of merchandise for them. Um, and you don't see them. I don't know. I, I just don't see the same amount of stuff being released. And and anytime, uh, like on the the websites I go to to buy uh, collectibles and stuff, when they have Power Rangers stuff, it's all from that first season, though. They've had like 20 or 30 different 
iterations of Power Rangers, but the only ones people care about are that first season, you know, or the you know the ones we know, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Yeah, that's what I know. Yeah, the there's been like Samurai Force and Ninja Force and Speed Force and all these other ones since then. They're all on Netflix. I haven't actually watched any of them because again, I don't ever. I won't ever. Remember Captain Planet and the Planeteers? I remembered it existed and it looked terrible. Oh, I watched it. And Captain Planet always, I always, for whatever reason as a child, I always thought he looked like he should have been like an Aquafresh mascot because he was blue. He just he looked like toothpaste to me. He looked like blue toothpaste. <laughs> he was such a stupid character with this weird flat top I mullet. I thought like Aquafresh was like for people who had dentures. I didn't realize it was like an everybody toothpaste. Oh yeah, we, we grew up using Aquafresh. I never used it. Yeah. Maybe it's just because like, I only ever saw it old people stri- use it. striped toothpaste. Yeah, I only ever saw old people use it. So I thought it was for people who had dentures. No, it's like And then like, as something. I got older, I was like, oh, everybody uses this. Yeah. Like this is like a people toothpaste. <laughs> it's, it is, it's for, it's for humans. It's for humans, it's like toothpaste for humans. Yeah, hmm. it sure is. That was interesting. Yeah, so. That's so that's the cartoon success of the Ninja Turtles. And also, you know, really, that's what uh, really broke them to the world and started getting them real popular. Uh, you know what show I really liked? What? In the 80s. Was. Was. Uh, what's that show called? <laughs> you know what show I really liked? That show's name I don't remember. Um, Inspector Gadget. Inspector. I liked Inspector Gadget. I loved that. And then they tried to make it into a movie with Matthew Broderick. And I was like, mm. Inspector Gadget, I'm pretty sure inspired death metal because of Dr. Claw's mean? voice. I would do Dr. Claw's voice. I'll get you next time, Gadget. Do you remember his voice? <laughs> like, I, like, I can't help but think. I never. Yeah, that's that's Wait, an association I have. inspired by death metal? Or? No, no, no. I think I feel like he inspired like death metal. In, in a way. Death metal didn't exist prior to... Death metal, well, Slayer and stuff. I mean, there were death metal bands, but, like, the actual, like, death metal vocals, I don't remember those coming into vogue until the early 90s. And I, I could be wrong on that. I haven't done the research, but actual, like, Cannibal Corpse and hmm. and Mortician and stuff like that. I, Man, uh, that but Slayer was considered fucking... death metal at the time, and Slayer didn't sound like that Slayer's with their vocals. not death metal. They were. They, they helped start death metal, Slayer and, and Venom and, and stuff like that. Venom. <laughs> different venom but yeah that, that's i feel like his voice may I, possibly inspired death metal dude, i, <laughs> I want to put it out there so okay since we're talking about that real quick and this was probably something we should have done at the intro and not because nobody's listening now <laughs> what's that um but penny was always saving his ass right? oh yeah penny and brain so and this was the 80s yeah Back when girls weren't allowed to be strong or independent or smart. Right. So that's weird, right? <laughs> right. So uh, why, why do. Why is it different? Why now? is it different now that that people who well, are. We had, there were tons of shows with female protagonists back then. Were there? Yeah. Rainbow Bright. It's Strawberry Shortcake. Yeah. No, it was different, though. Like Rainbow Bright had to wear a dress. Yeah. She-Ra. Again, in a dress. She-Ra. Oh. Is that, does that make it bad if you're in a dress? It's just different. It's like Penny was like... Just her, a normal kid. She's yeah. just like a, a smart little and girl. And like Punky Brewster was the same way. She was yeah. like, she was just badass and she was, she well, that's was always thing. in mismatched I don't think stuff. there was ever truly an agenda to not have... No, I don't I don't think there was either. I, I, they just wanted to make money. That's all anybody Punky cared Brewster about. Punky Brewster and like kid sister. She wore a dress, but still you could kid buy... Kid sister. 
Is that a, oh, was that little was my buddy? That yeah. was that was my, my buddy's. Buddy. Yeah, my bad. That was my buddy's sister. Okay. Um, but like there there were girl versions of stuff that weren't that weren't overly feminized to where it was like stupid, like Barbie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not that Barbie. Well, here's the thing. Barbie was popular. Barbie sold. So people would try to mimic that success. I mean, you right. can look at Ninja Turtles, like going back to Ninja Turtles, all kinds of anthropomorphic fucking animal shows came out. You had biker mice from Mars. You had street sharks. You had the battle toads video game. You had uh samurai pizza cats. Uh, I can't I'm even think. Sorry. What? You had set. Yeah, that was a Japanese show, I believe. Samurai Pizza Cats. And there were a, a bunch of fucking... Is that like, and then Meat Cat rides the right way on his <laughs> skateboard? I don't know. I haven't seen it. Uh, you had Barnyard Commandos, which were these, like, sheep that looked like Rambo and shit. Uh, but yeah, they, after no, Ninja Turtles... No, you Turtle, did not. I have yep. no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> these were things... I'm, uh, it's bothering me that there's, there's more popular ones I can't even remember. Biker Mice from Mars... Take a Street dog, Sharks was probably Jack Cheese, roll it in a pizza. You've uh, got cheesy blasters. And then Meat Cat rides away on his uh, skateboard. That's what? from 30 Rock. What? Oh, I'm trying to think what else came out. that was, but th There was a after Ninja. I remember that there was just like a boom of cartoons where they took animals and mutated them into human form. And remember pound puppies. I do remember pound puppies. That's not that's quite the same thing. But I, I did like pound puppies, of course. Every, I think every kid liked pound puppies. Um, man, oh, if if you guys like listening puppies. remember other shows or figure lines or games or whatever that that were clearly uh, that would not exist if it weren't for the Ninja Turtles. OK, so pound puppies leave a comment. Pound puppies is not because of the Ninja Turtles, but pound puppies. The that was 80s. So that was that was 80s. 80s. And that was clearly meant to sell toys. The cartoons were only around because of the toys. Yeah. And I remember, like, I had a pound puppy. And they painted his nose so poorly. And I would, I slept with him every night. Like, he was, like, the toy that I slept with, you know? Yeah. And I would bang him into the wall because my bed was up against <laughs> the wall. I, I took that completely wrong, but keep going. <laughs> Sorry. It's fine. <laughs> So, like, you know how when your bed's up against the wall and you have, like, something that's hard, you know, that clanging sound? Yes. <laughs> You're making it too easy. I'm sorry. You know you married Deadpool. There's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> but, yes, I do know what you're talking about. Yes. So sorry. the paint would always chip off of his nose. My Like, his nose was like a white button underneath. Oh, okay. They painted it brown. Yeah. I'll never forget that about uh, like low quality <laughs> you, you shit just in the 80s. Painted it, maybe. Could I have? I was like six. Oh, could yeah. I've just painted it. Yeah, sure. Could I've just done that. Just, just, uh, yeah. I mean, I was orphaned by indifference, but she didn't hand me paint. <laughs> she doesn't like hair. Paint it yourself. No, she wasn't even like, here, let's go get you some paint. It was like my grandma bought me the toy. I'm trying so anyway. hard to find some other, uh, other okay, biker mice from Mars, battle toes, Bucky, Bucky O'Hare. Nope, made up. Uh, some of these I do not recognize. Captain Simony, Simeon and the Space Monkeys. Uh, what else? Captain Carrot and his amazing zoo crew. That doesn't sound real. I think somebody. This is this is Wikipedia. This might be made up. Yeah. 
who else was there? Some of these have got to, some of these are video game characters that I've never heard of. Looking for shows though. Dino Saucers. I think that might have been one. Uh, who else? Earthworm Jim, definitely inspired by Ninja Turtles. Do you remember Earthworm Jim? No. That was, a, that was an interesting I've heard game. Of it, though. I have a figure and and the comics if you ever want to. And I have the games if you want to play them. Uh, who else? Do you ever get these like crazy friend requests from people that are you're pretty sure aren't real? Yes. And then you're like, okay, like let's take a look. But and then they're friends with people you know. No, this person oh. isn't friends with anyone I know, but she has two thousand friends. Jesus, that's not real. <laughs> and she's got she's been around for like a hot minute. Yeah. But then, like, I look at these pictures. And she looks like a porn star. Ooh, I want to see. So I'm showing it to the camera right now. If you are on Patreon, you can see this porn star chick who's trying to add me. That's not a real person. Right. That's, I feel like that's somebody that stole somebody's photos. That is not a real Those person. Those aren't typical Facebook photos. I am not decline. All right. I... I Failed she terribly. says that she's a hypnotherapist. Huh. I don't need a hypnotherapist. And I'm good. I'm all set person. So anyway, I my point was the whole thing that I was talking about, and we need to wrap this up anyway. It's a very long episode. Um oh, yeah. the whole thing I was talking about though was in the 80s, there were a lot of really strong female characters. I think that's why. Well, just what we were talking. We were watching Futurama last night, right? And, and like, Leela is Leela is the smart one, amazing, and the she's the always physical saving one. Him. Right. And she's the, you know, she's the guide to who's always saving. They're samurai pizza cats, by the way. If you want to see what they look like, I'd watch that. So, <laughs> anyway, Leela is always saving Fry's ass, right? Yeah. So and Bender's ass. She's smart, capable, tough. All those awesome. things. Awesome. Extreme dinosaurs. That's one, I guess. And there was Penny. There was Punky Brewster. There were all these great, great female characters. And I mean, there were there were male characters, too. It's not like they they had these female characters at the expense of male characters. You know, we had Doogie Howser. Like we had. I'm sorry. There was a show called Avenger Penguins. I. Yeah. Here's one. Wild Quest, Wild West Cowboys of Moo Mesa. That's one I was trying to think of. Yeah, where it's cows dressed as cowboys. Yeah, that was a show that was that existed thanks to Ninja Turtles. Okay. <laughs> well, I think that's that's us being done. That's what that's a sign. They of. made a Mighty Ducks animated show, which I think that's I more that. inspired by like Ducktales. I stuff. remember that though. Bucky O'Hare. So I remember Bucky O'Hare. No. I do. I used to draw a mean bunny. Back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if I still could. I should get out my iPad. Mummy's or, alive. Or my Apple Pencil. The Cheetah Men. Like these I don't remember. Okay. Getting, getting really obscure here. Well, now. Road I'm... Rovers. Dog, anthropomorphic dogs. <laughs> I've seen that before. That, that's, Have you? That's not 80s. That's 90s. That first showed up in 1997. You are correct. Yeah. I was 16. A year after Ninja Turtles went off the air. Interestingly. Trying to still, still trying to capitalize on that shit. Can we uh, wrap this up or are you just going to yes. play on your <laughs> I was phone? just looking for, for more. I, I didn't find any more. So, all right. Well, thanks for listening. 
and watching whatever you're doing right now. And as always, tell a friend. We'd appreciate it. Leave, I don't know, leave messages on a public bathroom mirror telling people to watch our or listen to our podcast. We'd appreciate it. That's all I got. That's it. That's normal, right? Yeah, if you wanna if you wanna be on a like a street team, I'll send you a bunch of stickers. You can just tag stuff. Yeah, there we go. 90s style street yeah. team. I was on Pantera street team. Yeah, you want to go 90s 90s Gonzo marketing? I'll uh, send you. I'll send you a pack full of stickers, and you can you can start tagging stuff. I'm yeah. down. I'm down. All, All right. right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.